1: uh, yeah, we, two weeks and a bit until election day. If you're listening from overseas, you can go and vote now if you're here in New Zealand. Advanced voting starts on the weekend. So we are, you know, and it feels like the party, this, this whole kind of campaign party thing's come to life this week, isn't it?
2: Yeah, or well, some people may have debate fatigue depending on what they've been watching, <laughs> streaming online, watching on various channels, Māori TV, obviously, News Hubs, one. Tim's unshaven if you're watching. I feel like this must be the home straight. It
1: must be the home straight. Welcome to Caucus. I'm Tim Watkin.
2: I'm Lisa Owen. I'm Guyon Espiner.
3: And I'm Scott Campbell.
1: It's great to have you company uh, today. Um, So, as you say, Lisa, debates, debates, debates. Let's start with the big one on News Hub uh, last night. Paddy Gower moderating. uh, Judith Collins and Jacinda Ardern as the two leaders to be covered. Um, What did you make of it?
2: Well, I think the winner on the day was actually News Hub with a much superior broadcast and I think probably got more out of the contenders. In terms of the two contenders, I'd call it pretty much a tie I think yep. they were both playing to their respective audiences Judith Collins I think was trying to get more of her zingy one liners in there her eyebrow raising and personality punches but I don't think anyone um, landed the knockout blow
4: no I thought Judith Collins probably gained more out of the debate than Jacinda Ardern um, because I think she put in a very strong performance and put in uh, quite a bit for those who might be centre-right voters but were wavering, were perhaps either not going to turn out, were considering switching over to to, to Labour or, or to going off to one of the more fringe parties or to act. And I think um, Judith Collins, with that kind of performance building on the TV1 debate, may um, have stopped the rot for National a bit and it may even um, have gained a little bit, in, in my view. Because the mates don't always, that. you know,
1: really move voters. No, and of I didn't think with. the
4: first one did at no. all, was my view. But I, I think that Collins um, will have gained some momentum from that. I thought she, I thought they were both good, and I agree with Lisa. It was great TV. Uh, kudos to TV3. Mm. It was really well done. It was a good debate. I felt good about it moxie watching it last night. I thought both Especially leaders... Up. the
1: American one in the afternoon. Exactly. But
4: there that. were
2: some snips and snides and backbiting like... Well, that's, that's okay. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. I watched the American debate. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, were they that dissimilar in terms of some of the barbs that were fired? Probably I
1: not. Think and I some hugely, don't you think?
2: Well, some yeah. people don't like that, but debate is about that. You do cut across people contest in debate. Contest of ideas. It is a contest yeah. of ideas. So and, I'm fine finally, with the robustness of
3: it. And and finally we got one right, and I guess yeah. that for me was the, the, the politics at the end of the night was the winner, and uh, <laughs> and I think you know both of them had their um, had their wins. I think throughout that debate, um, absolutely, to give kudos to the fact that the production was a hit, was a lot better. Um, but I actually think watching it. You can see that that Simon Bridges uh, and Todd Muller wouldn't have been able to pull out those performances. No disrespect to those two, but they wouldn't have been able to stand at the podium um, beside Jacinda Ardern and do what Judith Collins did. And I actually think, if anything, it's a good thing for us that we have two potential leaders who who I think last night looked decisive at moments. Judith Collins That I think. You know, Jacinda Ardern, I'm still not sure on this idea of I can't give you a, uh, an answer on the cannabis reform. one. Well, that still bugs me. Um, but I Does actually it? thought both See, of them See, well.
1: I just could not care less. I could not care less. One person's vote in a, in a referendum, it's, it's... I get... Oh, look, you can you can debate the principle of what she's doing. Her principle is that because that legislation has not been through select committees and has not been, um, you know, fought out yet, she's not going well, to take think a stance on it. I think that's I a cop-out. Yeah. I think it's a total cop-out. And I'll tell you why I
4: think it um, matters is because it speaks to this larger problem that I have with her style in politics where she's not – putting a stake in the ground and fighting for something. To me, politics is about having an idea and then fighting for it. And I put it alongside a capital gains tax type thing where she never fought for that. And I think you should put up your policy agenda and fight for that. And to be going into an election refusing to say which way you are personally going to vote on the cannabis uh, referendum, I just think it's a cop-out myself. I I get why she's doing it because she doesn't want to frighten the horses, um, but I think it's a cop-out.
2: Yeah, even the frighten the horses argument, I think there's a gross inconsistency there because obviously last election debate from the same television network, she came out saying she was going to decriminalise uh, abortion, abortion, which is highly controversial. And she's got a view on it, euthanasia and yeah. the euthanasia didn't have legislation. Yeah. But the
1: euthanasia yeah. l- refer- l- referendum, the legislation is in place. There's no changes to that legislation. She's already voted for it in the House. So, so that's, that's, that's down yeah, right? here.
2: On the issue of abortion... Cannabis is
1: still a, a debate to be had. I
2: understand that. But abortion at the time that she raised it and came out in the debate saying that she would decriminalise it, in fact... Um, was made it uh, made it an issue s- central to the election campaign, even though Andrew Little was the one who then took responsibility yep. for, for managing it, if you like. I mean, that's highly controversial with some of Labor's more co- uh, conservative voters, say in um, Pacifica community mm-hmm. in particular. She, as Guyan said, put a stake in the ground, told us where she stood and away she went, right? L-
1: I think it's a, that's the best argument I've heard so far, actually, there against that. But she would say probably, what, I'm Prime Minister now and I have to... Um you know, go with what the prime ministers says. are just
2: people too, <laughs> and, and 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 um, you know, whatever law, no matter how controversial, if um Parliament signs it off or it's a binding referendum, she's still got to put it into place. She does.
3: Yeah, and, and that's where the cannabis reform one still has to go before Parliament. So if, if she is only one vote, well, then tell us what it is because it's not going to have a huge impact uh, on, on the rest of the, uh, the community. What I found really interesting last night was the policy on the hoof that mm. was coming oh. out. That was fantastic. Well, let,
1: let's get into can I can I yeah Let's get into some of that because we've got some clips here from and, and the who stuff was really interesting. Um, one of them was that seems that Judith Collins now with our first grab on the wage subsidy, um, and uh, Judith Collins is going to pass a law to get some of that wage subsidy back from the companies who have been receiving it. Listen to this:
0: Big companies took millions of dollars in taxpayer cash, then laid off workers, and are now posting huge profits. Sky City. Briscoes, Somerset Holdings, to name but a few. My question to you is, is it fair, Jacinda Ardern, is it fair that they have done that?
5: No. And I expressed my view at the time when I heard that the warehouse was one of those groups who was taking a similar position. The wage subsidy helped retain 1.7 million million people in work. And it may be within the rules to do what these companies are doing. It doesn't mean it's in the spirit of fairness. So it's
0: morally wrong what they're doing. Yeah, I think it's wrong. Judith Collins, I'll come to you on that. Do you think it's morally wrong as well what those companies are doing?
5: Yeah, I believe that uh, $500 million a week, which is pretty much what it is, that's the same amount of money to build a regional hospital like Hawke's Bay or Dunedin or Christchurch. If people don't need the money, they shouldn't have taken it. But then again, the rules should have been more carefully um, put in place, but they should pay it back. It's not fair. New Zealand taxpayers are going to hock
1: pay for that, it's not fair. She went on to say um, uh, after that, that that she would actually legislate to get that back, and she was asked about that on Mike Hoskins' Breakfast Show this morning.
3: All right, you seem to introduce potentially a new law somehow to claw back money on the wage subsidy. How does that work?
5: Yeah, that's that, that was a big call, I thought. Um, did, but, did, uh, did you know you were going to make it? <laughs> well, I didn't know I was going to get that question. So, Scotty, this
1: is your point. She didn't know she was going to get that question. She, she clearly made that up on the spot.
3: Yeah, and, and big call. <laughs> it is a, and it is a big call because it, that'll scare a few people, right? And, and I think one of the, um, you know, I wish that my profits were huge enough that I had to pay it back as well too. But the wage subsidy scheme for those businesses through lockdown was a godsend and it helped cash flow uh, and the ability for to retain those jobs. Right, And I think that's fair. Both of them, though, it is good to see that let's assume that Judith Collins is not going to double back. Any further, if she is going to stick to it, this will be the trust factor. And I but think. But can if, she actually deliver a law like that? Well, she—if she was the prime minister—how could she not? Like, surely she could pass some some type of legislation. Retrospective that would law it. is pretty it, bad it, law, it, isn't it? It would
4: be—it would be really hard when you think about it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, because you've uh, legally taken the money, and you, you you can't go around policing people on morality. Um, and then to retrospectively create a law saying we're going to grab the money back would be impossible. It ain't going to happen, is it? No. And she knows it's not going to happen, and she laughed about it there because it's not going to happen. Um, Pretty big call, A big call because she she desperately was trying to uh, say the right thing. Um, And um, that's the power of those debates when you you put the heat on people. I I think she uh, promised something she can't deliver.
2: Yeah, and speaking of course, I think she should have been called on it on the night because the reality of the situation is that National has supported the wage subsidy, right? All the way along. So at that point, when there was quite a tense moment there where she was talking over Jacinda Ardern, saying things like, why did you allow this to happen? Why did you let that happen? Well, okay then, Judith Collins, you support the wage subsidy, have supported the wage subsidy. How would you have made it different so it couldn't happen? Mm. Because it's not that easy, especially if you want to get money out to a significant number of businesses quickly. Quickly. And also, as Guyan points out, if they've legally taken the subsidy – You'd be shifting the goalposts. Yeah, to get I it back what, off think what
4: you could have done, I suppose, is p- pile the money out the door, um, saying that there will be audits of this and there will be decisions made about whether money can and should be repaid. You know, you could have a, a, a clause in it, couldn't you? You could have had a clause in it saying this will be subject to to, to well, auditing and, and possible and possible, possible repayment yeah. if if um, an, an independent advisor says that the that the money wasn't needed whatever yep. you could have i suppose had more of a a, a catch all thing there but but look you know that's possibly being wise after the event. As you guys have all said, and Scotty said this a number of times and has more personal experience with it in the business community, that, that was a, a, a godsend and it had bipartisan support.
2: Um, and there are audits and people yeah. have paid it back. Several legal firms who were basically shamed into paying it back have paid it well, back. It'll be
1: interesting to see how those companies who were exactly. named and shamed last night respond exactly. to who Exactly. Today. Um, well, Scott as well. Farmac, an investigation into Farmac was promised on the hoof by both of them. Um, An inquiry into Gloria Vale was promised on the hoof by 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 only one, Judith Judith Collins. Collins. Um, uh, And um, I was interested. There was definitely policy from, from Collins. There was a distinct, different approach to COVID. We talk about this being a COVID election, um, and she was definitely taking a looser borders approach in that first thing, which is interesting. She talked about getting rid of the gun register, which has only just, just come in. So some quite significant policy differences, I thought, came through.
3: Well, she, kept, she she's pushing this line of, I will deliver, though, right? And that's that's essentially the difference at the moment, I think, that she is trying to put up, which is, trust me, I will deliver it. These guys over here say something, they come up with all the nice um, the nice words and they've got these nice and fluffies, but they don't deliver. And I think that's, last night that's for me is what she was trying to get across. The the gun register one. Well, how do you take something away that's not even there yet? And that was part of the the issue, I think, last night that she was trying to get across. Um, interesting on the Pharmac one, and again, when it came to the cancer drugs and good on Patty, I think, for calling them on it, which was yeah, well two million, uh two hundred million. But then by the time you take fifty million a year for Keytruda, um there goes all of your cancer drug funding. So I, I, I think it was um it was good to see them come up with some new ideas. I think that contest of ideas was good to see.
4: Yeah, I think um, they both agreed, didn't they, to uh, an investigation into pharma. Yeah. Yes, so th- that, that's going to happen. And um, it's something that I've looked at quite closely yeah. over the last 18 months. And one of the things that came through time and again from all interest groups was that this um, government f- agency has never properly been reviewed. There have been, you know, looks here and there, but it hasn't had a fundamental review um, in a couple of decades of operation. So I personally am going to be. Very interested in that, and uh, this will happen now because um, they've both promised that. And I, I, I tell you what, the people who have got strong interest, and because it's life and death for these people, they will hold the prime minister. Well, to that There will be an investigation in, into Pharmac They won't let that go The Pharmac people have been watching that very closely last night And they will be preparing for this now Because it, it's going to happen yeah, And it, I think that is. was possibly the biggest policy thing To
1: to, um, to, to develop last night and, and it came out And it was interesting you talk about the families One of the most memorable moments for me for the night Was Judith Collins' response to that And her own family being involved with this Let's Listen to this clip about um, Judith Collins' brother-in-law
0: Get this Pharmac says it will cost $50 million a year for Keytruda. That's all of your money spent, and that's all of your money spent, and it's only one cancer. The simple fact is neither of you can help the people out there with cancer in New Zealand right now.
5: With that sort of money, you'd have to say, Patty, you've got to get people diagnosed really early. And my brother-in-law was like some other people who couldn't even get in because of the lockdown and got told over the phone. That he had terminal cancer. That's what's happened.
1: She was genuinely on the verge of tears.
4: Yeah, and and, and look, you know that that's that's really sad, and that must be must be awful when you do. I mean, I winced again hearing it. Um, the thing it's interesting to me is that Judith Collins has really tried to tell us a bit more about herself in these debates. Yeah, I think you were mentioning before Tim when we um, before we were talking in our pre-caucus chat. Indeed. Um, that she's mentioned her faith, her Christianity um, a number of times. We've heard about the Psalm-worn husband. Um, she hasn't had the time, has she, to do the um, what you often see in the, uh, in the magazines and things when a new leader comes. And she hasn't had that time. So she's been trying to squeeze in these little um, elements of her life and to show the different sides of her personality, I suppose. And um, yeah, look, I think that probably, you know, that won't have done, done much harm at all. But was...
1: Let's not deny that with the grab, because um, the Winston Peters she talked about briefly, and um, miracles came up in the debate as well, and this is where the faith came in again.
0: Now I want to turn to leadership, starting with you, Judith Collins. Quick question, is Winston Peters irrelevant? Yes. Jacinda Ardern, is Winston Peters irrelevant?
5: It would be a disservice of someone I've worked
2: with for that long to describe him in that way, but ultimately voters are going to make that call, petty.
0: Okay, so voters might make him irrelevant, is your answer. Uh, Judith Collins, do you rule him out then? Is there no way, even with some miracle that Winston Peters gets back, that he would ever be involved with any national government new leader? you ruling him out totally.
5: As a Christian, I do actually believe miracles, but I tell you what, he ain't going to be one of them. I found this
2: really interesting because... I'm not doubting her faith, but the decision to include it in the debate, uh, I think, is an orchestrated strategy on her part. Earlier in the week we heard her on faith repeatedly mm-hmm. and this was in respect of Nikki Hager. She'd made a comment about Nikki Hager meeting his maker this is the investigative journalist and some people took exception to that because they thought it was a threatening kind of comment um, and she explained at great length on Morning Report that um, her faith as a Christian was that at the end of her life she would meet her maker than everybody else would and they'd have to justify their actions during their lifetime at that point and so as a Christian woman, this is what she believed... I think she's making a, a, a very strong pitch yeah. for certain votes out there that might who, be in the, after, the Pacifica community, maybe Conservative Labour voters who might like the look of her, um, potentially New Zealand First voters who might have um, more Conservative views as well, and the Conservatives, because mm-hmm. they've got a few percent and every percent counts at the moment.
3: Yeah, and that came through pretty loud and clear when she started talking about the children who, uh, you know, who are abused and who are murdered, uh, and this, uh, the right to silence and, and and people being prosecuted for for not opening up to police um, during those sorts of investigations. I think she was really hard on that and we, again whether or not it's going to be feasible or, or able to be done, she was strong and and I think that a lot of people are looking for that and you hear it constantly in the news about these ty- these types of issues uh, and I think yeah I agree she's going for that type of conservative vote which is now hanging out there given that the New Zealand first one is is gone. Uh, and And she's trying to pick up on that a little bit, I think so so I think there's a clear line through running through all
1: these points she was fruit picking last night she just went from Absolutely. basket to basket she had right gun register act party voters who have who have left national to go to act up to you know six seven eight percent. Boom! Got a tick for get them back. Conservative, um, new conservative voters who have left National to get to, to go and have that faith based a- approach to politics. I'm a Christian. I believe in miracles. Tick. Um, Labour y-
2: voters who might be uncomfortable with euthanasia and um, also maybe uncomfortable with cannabis. Yep.
1: And law and order. And she spoke also strongly to the to the rural base about the farmers paying for all the drugs and paying for our economy tick, get them back, back from, from New Zealand first, the people who are um, in the rural communities who have been done well from the Provincial Growth Fund and have been looking at New Zealand first. So she went through and ticked every box of the parties she could try and get votes back from. And that's why I agree with you, Guy, and that was her. She did well out of this debate to be able to harvest fruit pick all those all those
4: votes. I, I think that's good analysis, actually, and I, I agree with that, and I think that's why she is the winner. I don't like to sort of score a debate. Did she win the debate? Well, who, who, who really knows? I, I personally think, as I said uh, initially, she gained a lot more out of that, and that that was quite clever strategy, and she probably didn't scare off any of her actual voters, um, the National Party sort of um, base. So, yeah, I, I think she may well have stopped the rot. Um, the game really is to keep National in the 30s, isn't it, or as close to 35 as he can, and, and I think she... she Went some way to doing that last night. Yeah,
2: I suppose Labour will be sat there chomping on their nails in some part, thinking, "Whoa, we um, delayed the election flip." Um, lucky it it's can't not that
1: soon enough for them. Can yeah, it?
2: lucky it's not that far away because Judith Collins is in essence running out of runway. If that wasn't the scenario. I think that um, they would be worried about yeah. what kind of momentum well, look, she can the, get from The other from point this. on
1: that is that, you know, what we, we it is a COVID election and it comes after three years of, of this incredible emotional connection that Jacinda Ardern has created with the, with the electorate through crisis after crisis, who so crisis management has been so, you know, well-received. But it, another thing we saw in, the, in this debate last night, I think that if labour was running purely on its record, they would be struggling a lot more. The key things that she you know that, that, that this government was supposed to stand on child poverty, climate change, um, uh, they, they don't have a you know housing. those three big things, their track record is not
3: great. Yeah, and and I think that that's where the Prime Minister, well, Jacinda Ardern, um, tried to really rely on her Prime Ministership at the start of that debate. And so I think if you have a listen to the first few answers, she talks about, oh, well, well my experience is this, and this is what we actually did do. Uh, I, I found it really interesting when she walked in, I don't know if you saw it, but she rolled up her sleeves, and it was almost like, game on, I'm here tonight. <laughs> I actually think... She did well last night, I think, to be able to not respond to a lot of the taunts because Judith Collins was throwing muck at her constantly throughout that debate Uh, and I think she did well to laugh it off. She was very conscious of the cameras that were on her constantly Uh, and I think, again though, I think she could have been more decisive and this is where I think Judith Collins was giving us pretty straight answers. Jacinda Ardern was running around all over the place and trying to have that nice smile and, trust me, I've done it before.
2: I agree with you in part, but I like, to, I, I like numbers, detail, right? So I feel that there were a couple of times there where you're calling the incumbent to account for their record that it shouldn't just be an opportunity for the opposition to rag on them. They need to present an alternative. So I think we were lacking in some measurables or KPIs being extracted from the opposition. For example, if you're going to say your housing record is shit, to Labour and Kiwi build was crap. You then need to turn around to say to Judith Collins, first term, how many houses are you going to build yeah. in the social space?
1: Twenty seven. She's right, 27% house price increase under, under the Labour government, but how are you going to get it down from that?
2: Exactly. And give she me said, some measurable. give me some, some KPIs. Places,
1: and I thought this was fascinating, it hasn't been picked up as much. In some places, house prices has to drop, Judith to the. Yeah, said,
2: which places? Where? Well, by exactly. how much? That's,
1: that's a phenomenal
2: statement and from how the National you, Party leader. And how are you going to make it happen? I, and you're they, all they about property com- rights. Yeah. They
4: keep coming down. Back to the RMA, and um, the one good argument around that sort of space is the Christchurch example. They use it a lot, yeah. but that they got their act together there. They. they open development for for land there, and the amount of supply meant that the prices did drop or at least uh, plateau there. So that's their argument, isn't it? They keep coming back to RMA. Yeah, it me. is. Yeah.
1: But, but just, just have a listen to Arden because just this clip um, the, about her ideology um, and the one time, one of the very few times, she actually pushed back on, on Collins was probably one of her strongest moments. Um, let's play the ideology clip.
5: But now's the time for us to look to what the new energy opportunities are for Taranaki.
2: The world is changing. Unfortunately, Judith Collins does not want to change with it. Unless we move quickly, we lose Ooh. an opportunity. Look,
5: if, if, they, if Jacinda Ardern is going to use my age against me, I'm happy to use my experience. I tell you aged, this, I'm was, not going to say that. Age, I'm not it not going was not age, it was ideology, and yours is Taranaki. outdated.
1: That was a strong line, and I think that's one of the ones that actually stuck for her. And it's she was so, like you're saying, Guy, and she doesn't fight often, but that showed a little bit of fight for, for at least one question. From the Prime Minister? From the Prime Minister. Yeah. Your and, ideology and, is out of date. Well, and she said the same thing in the first debate, didn't
4: she? But she, she nailed about far, it this about, time. About pharma, she mashed about, it. About she mashed it. About she mashed
2: it the
1: first time. Yeah. This time she actually got her point across.
4: Yeah, yeah, she did, although it wasn't a bad comeback from uh, Judith Collins either.
2: And witty, too. Yeah,
4: and, and, and she showed some. She showed wit. Uh, I agree with Scott that, that this uh, Simon Bridges, Todd Muller... You know, w- would not have had that quick-wittedness and that, that fire and the sharpness that Judith Collins had?
3: I, I like that one line about, you know, is um, Phil Twyford an asset or a liability? And she sort of said, well, he's an asset for me and a liability for her. I <laughs> thought that was that's a good line. But what, what do you make, and I've heard all sorts of people commenting on this around the idea of this idea of Miss Ardern and and these sort of discussions around the ageism stuff. Well, what... What's your views on that? Is she using that as a strategy, or is it just...
4: Yeah, probably... Well, you got to work out what to call them, don't you? And then we read into um, that. What...
2: I think she's not using her name because Jacinda's name is like a brand. Yeah. So she doesn't want to reinforce it. The world over... It's an unusual name. Jacinda Mania. And it's the Jacinda Mania, and and that is a name that has become known overseas. So she's wanting to neutralise the Prime Minister's brand. But why
1: not Ms Ardoon then, rather than Ms Ardoon?
2: Well, I suppose Helen Clark was Ms Clark. She was. So I think it is a way of keeping her at arm's length, putting her in a certain place. And I'm interested in your take on this, Scotty, because there was a couple of times where, arguably, Judith Collins she got her snide on, right? When she when
5: she well, let um, listen to
1: one of those when she asked about um you know she she said yeah, um, okay what are we talking about dear
5: and yet- so all the talk all the fluffing around about emergencies tell you what. Actually, it's got worse, What's not your better plan? under this particular what leader. What is that your plan? What What for, dear? Climate change. Climate change. OK, well, I'll tell you what.
3: Scotty? Yeah, snide yeah, remark. Um, but again, I guess who's she, who she um, you know, to your point earlier around apple picking, well, who, who's she trying to play to? And I guess that there is a part of the community that will say, would have agreed with her. Well, who is this younger, jumped up, uh, person who's sort of saying, what's your plan? What is your plan? And it was, I think in, in some ways it was a, it, it, Judith Collins said, take me as I am, right? In the, in, in the analysis afterwards, she says, well, that's just me. That's how I talk. Uh, and I guess we are starting to see more of her. Uh, and, and I don't read too much into it. I thought it was a bit of a snide comment when it came out. If she actually meant it, then um, I guess that's where the problem would come in. She
2: called her on um, manners as well, as in Judith Collins called Jacinda Ardern on manners for interrupting her. Manners. Manners. Yeah, so I found that interesting. And I think uh, we've talked before at various points about um, the female vote in respect to John Key, right? Yep. The undecided women who were seen or believed to have uh, bolstered John John Key's vote. And I'm wondering where Judith Collins sits with those voters, given those kinds of remarks and given the brand that Jacinda has, Jacinda Dern has created for herself in terms of wanting a better style of politics, not wanting a blood sport, to having a kinder style of politics, juxtaposition. Yeah the phrases that Judith Collins was using. Yeah,
4: it's tribal, isn't it? We all yeah, know people like um, Jacinda Ardern and Judith Collins in our own lives, don't we? We know the the, um, the, the woman of, of Judith Collins' age who, who, who turns up and, and, and speaks that way, and we know the progressive, younger um, woman like Jacinda Ardern. So I, I think people... You either identify with that or you don't.
1: Yeah, And, and certainly uh, if you yeah, look at social media, both bases loved their leaders' yeah, performance. Yeah, so, so I
4: think you... Yeah. And it's what I liked about the, the debate last last night, is, is, is you're getting that. You're getting the, the, the centre-right stronger woman and you're getting the younger progressive centre-left um, leader. And so, yeah, it is Any, it any is. big winners and losers for you guys?
3: Well, there'll be a couple of people who will be pretty happy. I imagine David Seymour, who's supposedly been supposed to be anointed as Deputy Prime Minister if they get there. Uh, and, and Although the she Green. was
1: coming for his vote. She was coming for his
3: vote, though. Yeah, but he's, he's a spectacular operator or something like that, isn't he? That, that's what she <laughs> that's said. True. Um, that's true. I, I think well, what it, what it what for me, what it showed last night is that there's an obvious choice, of either Labour and the Greens uh and or national and act.
0: So That's what last night
3: told me. So one of the losers is New Zealand First because they were dismissed out of hand. And well, you're dismissing meant- them now. Well they, well, well, they weren't a part of the debate, other than one question about Winston yeah. Peters. And, and, and Jacinda
2: Ardern uh, really used all her skill and agility to get round that in a respectful way, I thought. In I the thought way it was well done. Addressed the yeah, Winston thought, Peters yeah, question. I thought it
4: would have looked disloyal. I, I like that answer from her. Yeah. Saying, you know, well, I worked with a guy for three years and I'm not going to... I'm not going to rag and, on him. And, and, yeah. and write him off. Um, whereas um, Judith Collins um, was questioning his immortality. <laughs>
1: I felt sorry for Fielding, just saying. It was presented <laughs> as the meth hub of the universe by Paddy. Fielding is a great town. Gotta to say, about 20 years in a row, it was the most beautiful town in New Zealand. Don't bag Fielding.
2: I think the, you, you mentioned um, the, the losses, who were yeah. the losers? One thing I would point out for both of the leaders. Nobody had a plan B around COVID. What happens with the borders if we're sitting here at infinitum waiting for a, vax, a vaccine? Jacinda Ardern said that's never going to happen. The science tells us this, this and this. Um, but neither presented uh, a credible plan B and I don't really think he, either of them attempted no. a, a, a plan B. And the other thing in terms of paying back the debt which was raised, neither of them had a solid answer to that as well. They both went to growing the economy. But we know from Statistics that growth has sat around a certain level for about the last forty years, and yeah. nobody presented an argument or an idea as to how they're going to get it over that three percent, which seemingly they're relying on in order to pay back the putia. Um, no details. No. I do
1: see more apprenticeships, and and yeah, Colin said um, you know more tech support.
2: But there was, the, but they both shared the same gaping hole. Yeah, in yeah, terms of those yeah. things.
3: If anything, I think the winners on the day are, 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 are the election campaign. Because uh, for me, what last night did was put a bit more spark into it. And, and whether or not they'd had a few more coffees before they got into the into the theatre or whatever it was. But, you know, it wasn't that long ago we, I, we were talking about the, the the battle of the boring. Uh, and But now, it's actually we've got game on. Yeah, I, that think, was I, don't, well, I, I still think that um, Labour, it's you know, it's obviously theirs to lose. Um, but at now at least we've got a debate. And that
1: COVID thing I thought was interesting. I mean we haven't talked about that much and and none of the commentators have. But I it still struck me that, you know, in a in a in a environment where the polls have showed that New Zealanders have really liked the conservative approach we've taken, Collins was quite bravely saying, you know, if if Christchurch had an event like Auckland and now. I would not put the rest of the country into lockdown level two. I would keep things open. Um, that but she
2: put the but she put the South Island into lockdown.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Christchurch yeah. at least. But she was certainly saying I would I would contain that lockdown. And she always more than she Ardun. always
2: prefaces everything with "if it's safe." Yeah. So you don't actually get a definitive answer. She's playing. But there was a difference there. A minute. I hmm. actually think they're pretty. They're they're close to agreement in terms of. The way those things have been handled, and I think National has struggled to differentiate it is its approach to COVID by saying, "Well, we don't have all the information that they do. If it's safe, we'll do this." So, no definitive answers any on other? how they would handle it. Well, yeah. you don't
4: really want to dis, um, differentiate when no. the government response has been internationally lauded, really, and we're all sitting here going, "Gee, we're lucky we're not in just about any other country mm. in the world." No, so, nice why the... would you want to distance yourself from well, that? And nice nice as Lisa says, I mean, that, that's the difficulty. Don't um, <laughs> know where had. to go with. It's a COVID election and the government's done well on COVID and and that's really the, the most uh, important thing in it,
1: isn't it? So any other debates this week that you saw you wanted to raise, guys, or do you want to go straight to Winston?
2: I think we should go straight to Winston because he was, you know, the elephant
1: in the room or not in the room last night yeah so um let's we've had obviously the sfo has had its play um this week and um, let's just hear how winston peters responded to the news uh um earlier this week that the sfo is laying charges against uh two people um involved with the new zealand first foundation
4: okay thanks for coming today's decision by the serious board office being announced right now exonerates the new zealand first party of any electoral law breaches Having fully investigated the allegations, the SFO has cleared the New Zealand First Party, all of its ministers, all sitting members of the New Zealand First Party, all candidates standing for election and all party employees of any wrongdoing. It's a relief after months of this cloud hanging over the party that we have been
1: fully cleared.
4: Fully cleared when two people have been charged who are not MPs or members of the party etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah well, he's, he's, he's claiming that not the foundation and the party are completely um, separate so yes. why would they be um, sitting MPs or, or, or ministers um, i mean it's, it's classic winston Peters isn't it um and, and the first response is is to use the courts and go back to the courts where were we last election? Yeah, we were – his super had been overpaid, and so what did he do? He sued uh, government department leaders, national party ministers – um, and tried to take legal action
1: uh, against journalists
4: involved in it. He, I mean, it's, he, he was, the, it's, it's the classic rec- recourse to it.
1: And he went on to say how outraged he was by the announcement. Um, and I don't... I guess the big hole for me in the argument is how can you get to say, I have been exonerated and I'm outraged for being exonerated? You can't say both of those things, right? I mean, if he's outraged... At he's the outraged
5: fa-
2: about the timing of his exoneration. But
1: surely the counterfactual is that they didn't say it and the cloud of uncertainty hung over him until the election, rather than him being exonerated, right, what, and the voters knowing and, that he was clean. And what if he genuinely thinks he was exonerated? Then this, this is a great thing for the SFO what what to have didn't done. No, when he was giving that yes. statement at five o'clock, was that they had
4: been in court for the last week, we, trying to basically gag the SFO and suppress any announcement of what had occurred, not only until the election, but until the formation of a new government. So you would have had that scenario where you go into coalition negotiations not knowing any of this stuff about uh, these, the public wouldn't have known it either. And again, I go back to 2017, where he was negotiating in good faith with the National Party. And we didn't know that he'd actually filed papers suing Paula Bennett and Anne Tolley the day
3: before the election from, from memory. So what about the time? Well, well, and and well, it's a trust issue, though, isn't it? And that's part of the problem. And and I think this one goes back to um, previous elections where there have been similar types of clouds that have been hanging over uh, over the party. And when you think about it, that Jacinda Ardern and Judith Collins were both also asked about the SFO last night, and both of them had a response. Uh, and and Jacinda Ardern said something along the lines of, "Oh, you know, we've all we've all had our issues there," or along those lines. And I think that's the difference. If you look at both of them. Uh, and, and how they approach the SFO question Versus the Winston Peters one I think it comes down to the trust issue How many people will trust What, is, what he is saying It's mm-hmm. not us, it had nothing to do with us It's a couple of people outside of, of The, um, of the parliament, parliamentary wing And I think that's his issue around timing but Lisa,
1: you know, it's reasonable to raise. Oh, there you guys It's reasonable to raise the questions, right? Is it a appra- how much? How appropriate is it for a government agency and a and a law enforcement agency to make statements just two and a half weeks out from election? He made the Comey comparison with Hillary Clinton. Is it? Right well, well it, would have been, right it would have been further out from the election if, if they'd
4: been allowed to, to, to make the announcement on the 23rd, which is what they oh. were going to do. And, and look, these um, allegations were passed from the Electoral Commission to the police and then to the Serious Fraud Office yep. back in February. In February. So what, what's the mm-hmm. argument? That they've been too slow, too fast? And what do they do? They're damned if they do, damned if they don't. If, if they hadn't made any announcement, then they're doing that for political reasons. If they do make an announcement, they they, they get accused. So, you know, I mean, they, they're, they're reticent to take cases, essentially. SFO, aren't they? The, the, count, a,
1: the counterfactual is that you didn't say it when they knew it and they hid this information from from voters.
2: Uh, I'm very um, st- like, strongly on this. I'm a journalist. I believe in transparency. So when the information is available, it should be made public as soon as it is practical to make it available. Yeah. I find it absolutely extraordinary that a sitting member of parliament and the deputy a prime minister... deputy Minir- prime minister. A deputy prime minister tried to gag gag the serious fraud office Utterly extraordinary, so I believe it should be in the public domain. People and fight the case again. If, if you're
4: yep. exonerated, then we'll all know because well, when, ex- when the information comes out and the names are released and the full facts are there, then he's going to be able to stand and fall yes. by that. Oh, that, I, that I and, name, and if he
1: wants to make that argument, name the people, presumably, if he, if he yeah. knows well, and, and also, tell us because that's a key piece of information we still don't know.
2: Just as a sidebar, I find the use of the word exonerate to be very um, interesting as well because I, you know, that's a proof based thing. So, what we have have here is some people are charged and some people aren't. Uh,
1: the bottom line for me is is that voters deserve as much information as possible before they go to the polls. And if this is information that is available, then they should have it. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, and, and they'll make up their minds. And that's what I mean around yeah. a trust issue. So they'll, they, they, you know, people are not silly. Um, they'll, they'll watch the the news footage, they'll listen to it, they'll read it in the papers, and, and they'll make up their mind on whether or not they trust it.
2: So and we, I also thought, sorry, utterly okay. disingenuous to hold a press conference Um, because there was obviously an agreement that at five o'clock, you know, the starter's gun would go off and the SFO would send out its press statement and Winston will get to stand there, Winston Peters will get to stand there and take control of this situation by having his own press conference to announce the outcome of the Serious Fraud Office again I wonder if that would have been the same scenario had it been different players for a start and the other thing I just want to say is utterly extraordinary, I didn't hear mentioned at that um, press conference and someone can tell me because to be truthful I was on air at the time, didn't hear the entire press press conference. But as far as I can tell, he didn't mention the court, um, the previous court proceedings, no, the gagging.
4: No, so That only came out uh, he, uh, about an hour, hour and a half and
2: afterwards. And I, I just feel that, um, you know, that's, again, limiting the flow of information.
1: So where does this leave New Zealand first and Winston Peters? I, you know, I like to bring a little bit of history to every one of our podcasts. And um, I, my flash was Custer's last stand, right? you got George Custer. He during the civil war had his horse shot out from under him eleven times. Poor he, horse. Poor horses. Horses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he kept on fighting. And there's a there's an allegory, I'm well, doing here the between Peter, right? Isn't he has he? fought exactly. He has fought on and fought on. This time though, I feel do you know, do you feel that though that this is little big horn? He's surrounded, he's on a hill, he's making his last stand, and no one's coming to rescue him.
4: Yeah, and um he does what he does in those situations which is um, just increase his attack and you, you got to hand it to him. I mean, it takes a certain amount of gall to do that, doesn't it? Um,
1: Custard fought from the front as well. We know what happened to him.
3: And but he's a, lot of his, a lot of his issues have been taken away from him, though, right? The, the immigration, the go-to line on immigration mm. is gone because we don't have it. So a lot of his his, his sort of stump speech is not there. Uh, and, 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 and he's just not getting the airtime. And I think last night was an example of it when there was just one question. Uh, which was essentially uh, essentially targeted towards him. And in previous debates over, over other years, you would have had him as being the kingmaker. I, I don't think I've heard anybody talk about him being the kingmaker so far this election. When you're on 2%, you just can't run that argument. Well,
2: you? no, you're not on 2%. If you look at the One News Colmar Brunton poll, when you were lucky you were on 2%. Yes, I was, so, I
1: was averaging over the campaign. Yeah, but
2: but, but, the but in, the, in the last three One News Colmar Bruntons, if my memory serves me correctly, it's something like 1.9%, 2.4%, and then the most recent one, down to 1%. What I'm going to be interested in is, because they're polling every week now, they've mm-hmm. told us, we'll get a poll next week, which one assumes would have taken in this sort of fractious period, um, to see what the trend is there, whether he's got a bounce back from coming out all guns blazing. He'll
4: have the or, minor or, party leaders
2: debate as well, won't Yeah, they? and the thing that really interests me about that is that initially, I know initially... He was not going to be involved in in the News Hub um, miners' debate, and then all of a sudden Mm. he wants in.
3: He so needs the worm. He needs
1: to bring back the worm. <laughs> advanced well, New Zealand that into... debate too. We haven't seen um, a result yet, but the, the courts are deciding whether should Advanced New Zealand... Should be coming New out Zealand... any minute now. Yes. Yeah. I've got a text in, but I haven't heard um, any response yet. Um, but yeah, the Advanced New Zealand, what do we make of the debate? Things, I mean, if Winston can get back, can, can you know force his way into, into that debate, should Advanced New Zealand get a place?
2: Well, it depends on the criteria set by the network because some of them have set a, a clear criteria that you have to either have polled at a certain amount or you have to have had an elected member mm. in one of the last two terms are, are various. I'm mashing up the different criteria. But you set a criteria, I am of the belief that some ch- the, the channel has to have, um, or, or the broadcast agency, mm-hmm. has to have some editorial so, control yeah, over decisions. The
4: Americans have a, a debate commission, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, Yeah. that set the rules. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we can't take many other lessons from their debate this week. It was a a bit of a shocker, but I do think that there's a. there's a possibly a, a, a call or a, a good case to be made for either the networks or the media getting together in some way and ironing this out in terms of get, it's just getting a good straight criteria in. I, I don't want to take away the you know the media independence of having your own debate and, 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 and doing what you want to do. but we're, we've had this problem for many, many years now under MMP with these smaller parties. We've had court cases yep. that are done, um, Colin Craig. Uh, and, and others uh, Māori Party had convinced TVNZ That they should get in Because they were uh, electric based yeah. And uh, Billy uh, Te Kahika is making a similar call And so I, I just wonder whether the media Needs to either get together Or to yeah. to straighten out And, well, like and get, think, the, get the criteria
1: right I think the editorial independence is the, is the is the bottom line on all this But I can tell you hot off the press the oh, yeah. just um, uh, Advanced New Zealand lost They are not being included in the debate. I was going to
2: say, pause, let us all put our bets down,
1: (laughs) but too late. Sorry. Um, Yeah, so. um, We don't know on what basis. We don't know on what basis, but no, just simply that Advanced New Zealand lost. Um, which is interesting because, as you say, the last time um, this happened exactly for a News Hub debate was when um, I was producing the program. It's Friday afternoon in court, and Colin Craig won.
2: Yes, um, on the, the uninvited basis, debate guest. Yes,
1: on the basis that um, you know uh, inclusi- inclusivity wins; that you just have to make room because democracy is so important. Um,
2: but that was was that that was twenty fourteen, right? And I how well, uh, I can't. My my the brain library is not working fast enough to know exactly what that decision was based on. You might remember, but 2014, we know that the conservatives were um, were polling a hell of a lot higher than yes, I- any um, party fronted by Jamie Lee Ross and Billy Tsikataika. I mean, it, in in the final wash there, they got in the three point nines from from memory in yeah. 2014. So they were in essence a bigger player. That's before the demise of Colin Craig, leading up to the 2017. Election, so so they had more of a presence. The,
1: the 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 um judge's ruling was very much on the basis that uh, the, the debates can have such an impact, and that to deny someone the chance um, when there's so much at stake that they should they should have the go. Um, so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see the and
2: ruling. Billy Billy Te has been in. Um, uh, in the in an electorate debate, I watched him this week in the um, Te Tai debate on Maori Television. So he's getting air time.
1: He is, yeah. and I I just like to say one thing about Advanced New Zealand. Look, they were they were at, and we're going to play a clip, but we haven't got it out. Um, from the debate I hosted in Epsom this week, and bless her, the Advanced New Zealand candidate, um, you know, did her best, and she's new to politics, and this is one of the you know um things where it's drawing in people, but you know she sat there on stage and said. Um, Agenda 2021 20, from the United Nations mean that the means that the UN is coming to control our water. They will own our homes next year, um, and that um, uh, um, and, and raised issues about mandatory vaccination. Where did she get that from? Her <sighs> it, 5G internet connection. Yeah. <laughs> Have you read Agenda 2021? She said, and I was like, yes, I have. She said, well, the UN is going to own our homes. And I said, no, it does not say that. I mean, I, there, there is, you know, I, I just put that out there to people that if you are wondering about where your anti-establishment vote
3: goes, then just be careful. Do That's the thing, right? They'll use it now. It, for them, it won't be a bad thing that they've lost in court. They'll go and say that this is a conspiracy against democracy it's and deep all sorts state, of things. Her last, oh. her
1: last line was, her last line, I kid you not, was the UN is, is going to own our homes. And this is not a conspiracy. I've seen it on the internet. Well, the UN could pay my mortgage. That's literally what she's quite happy <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, um, wrap it up. Any final comments to uh, throw? What are we looking at next week in the, in the campaign? We, uh, As you say, it's alive now.
0: Yeah,
2: on. there's a press debate. There's the press debate yeah, they're, coming they're, up. They're with they're the show me the money yeah. yeah, the show me the money debate. And I mean, these are coming in quick succession, mm-hmm. really, for these, for these um, leaders, especially when you're on the campaign trail trying to keep across all the issues and prep. And I thought you could tell last night that Judith Collins is prep because she called Paddy Garr out on the fact that he used an exact same question yeah. from the 2017 <laughs> yeah. debate. So she'd clearly she been swatting up.
1: The one you produced, Lisa. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for your time and thanks for listening, everybody. You can, of course, subscribe and follow uh, Caucus on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can watch us on YouTube as well on the RNZ page. Uh, Matewa, we will see you next week.